It's time for part two of Are Your Good Money Habits Holding You Back? Matt and I are going to continue our conversation where we explore the pros and cons of practices like ignoring account statements and strict budgeting, things of that nature, to where good habits can be useful, but taking them a little too far can maybe be holding you back. All that and more here on Mondays with Matt. Welcome to Mondays with Matt with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast, part two of our Matt and I here to have this conversation about good habits, maybe taking them a little too extreme and causing you to uh, have some issues. So we went through one through five on the first episode a couple of weeks ago, and if you haven't checked that out, you don't have to in order to listen to the second one here, but it certainly wouldn't be a bad idea. And you can listen to all the past episodes and check past episodes out by going to greatlakesretirementsolutions.com slash podcast. You can just find that right there on Matt's main website there, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. Lots of good tools, tips, and resources. Of course, the podcast page is one of those as well. Don't forget to subscribe to us and check out future episodes. We're going to pick it up from part uh, on part two, excuse me, from six through 10 on this. So we'll get into that in just a second. But what's going on, my friend? How are you doing this week? Hey, Mark. I'm doing well. Um, we, we are towards the tail end of January. Um, we're recording this podcast actually before my team, the Michigan Wolverines football team, uh, has gone to the national championship. So I don't know how that that's going to play out, but I felt like um, I needed to bring that up because um, it's been, it's been fantastic. I actually went with another advisor to their big 10 championship down in Indian Indianapolis at Lucas oil stadium. And so that was amazing and fantastic. And just got to brag on uh, something positive for January, but um, yeah, just really enjoy have enjoyed watching watching the team this year. So hopefully you're enjoying some things here in January. Maybe some, maybe you're south for some warmer temperatures. And that's if true. that's the case, well, we're excited for you because we're talking about good habits. And uh, we hope that you're practicing these good habits in your own situation and that you can afford in your own budget to to enjoy this a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, take, take those times out. Spend it with family. Um, spend it doing the things you want to do. Yeah, like, hopefully you're in the, stay in the southern climate. When, when it's January in Michigan. That's true. Yeah. Hopefully you're enjoying, uh, you know, the things you've worked towards and that's where the, and the good habits have led you here, but hopefully to our point in the first conversation, you're not, you're not so restrictive or so, you know, worried on doing the good thing that you don't also sometimes enjoy a little bit of it, right? You got to enjoy some of the fruits of the labor. So let's get into the conversation and pick it up with number six here, paying off debt early. Uh, certainly okay. a good habit, right? I mean, hey, reduces those long-term interest payments. That's cool. Uh, provides yeah. a good mental boost, especially, right, if you're like, I mean, it feels good. Like, hey, I paid off the credit card. You're like, oh, yeah, that feels good, right? However, you actually, you know, depending on the rates that you have, Matt, you might could find a better use or, you know, let the math help you decide that you could maybe be making some more money on some of your money versus paying something off. Like think about like your mortgage, for example. If you got a three percent mortgage, but you can invest, let's say you're gonna put ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars towards your mortgage to help get it down, but you mm-hmm. could put that twenty thousand someplace in an investment vehicle, maybe getting seven or eight percent or whatever, you know, well now you're making money versus just paying off that that mortgage at three percent because that's a good low fixed rate. So you gotta yeah. sometimes let the math kind of uh talk to you here too, right? Yeah, you do. Um, there's a lot of considerations when we're talking about paying off debt early. And for a majority of it, um, that's what we're recommending. Um, paying off your debt puts you in a good financial position. 
you don't owe other people money, that's fantastic. And um, so we want you to budget towards that. We want you to pay off those debts, especially, you know, if you got these small little lingering ones out there, get them, get them paid off and pay yourself the interest. So if you got money in the bank sitting on cash, but you're carrying a balance of a thousand dollars on a credit card for some weird reason, mm. um, go ahead and pay that off because the bank's probably not paying you. Now, sure. I've had clients that have um, th- that did lock in. You said on those low three percent. So I had some folks that were making good money in their IRAs in the market. You know, IRAs and their individual account, and they had to take a chunk out of the one account to put on a down payment for a house. But they were they were upgrading or getting to their final retirement home, right? So they they needed something that was um, no maintenance because of health issues and concerns, but Rather than liquidate such a huge chunk out of the retirement accounts and pay all the taxes, I did recommend that they hang on to that low interest rate loan mm-hmm. and that they would, they had some money put down, but you know, we're taking RMDs out. They don't need the RMDs necessarily. Okay. So let's let that pay off the mortgage. The mortgage is like less than 3%. Um, their investments have been consistently making much, much higher. And so, yeah, in certain situations, the bad side of that paying off the debt early could be we, our could our money be better used investing somewhere else? Yeah, just just put it to better use so it's not it's got uh, yeah. it's just making more money for you, right? And yeah. so this is something that it's hard to really know sometimes. Um, but we were facing the fact that they have good income, the tax on their money to to take this huge chunk of money out. They would have been paying oh my gosh, they'd have been like in the thirty some percent bracket by taking such a huge chunk out and they wouldn't have any retirement savings left for their, I mean, I mean, they'd have a lot less left for their retirement. So in that situation, you know, that's one instance that uh, it worked out better for this particular couple to actually hang on to that loan. Uh, They also didn't have any children to leave this house to. So whomever is the last one using it might pass away and whoever's handling the estate can liquidate the asset to, to finish paying off that balance, and uh, so it works out good for that situation. Yeah, I mean, but you got to you got to do the math, right? Let's uh, you got to do the math, mm-hmm. and then you could factor in the emotional component. Okay, we did the math. Yes, we could be making more money if we did option A, let's say. But I'd feel better to pay off the house. Okay, that's fine. No, no worries. But at least just do the math, so then you know, yeah. then you can make that informed decision. Correct. So as you mentioned, and as our listeners are hearing today, there is there's great sides of this budgeting but we're just talking about you know is can you <laughs> too much of a good thing is it is it get us too right, restrictive right. so does every debt need to pay, be paid off completely not necessarily to be in retirement right for for a majority of you yes pay those i'm still going to say pay the pay the debts off um, especially the bad debt you, it gets you free especially the bad debts the credit yeah. cards the little uh even vehicles um you know you can you can re- retire with debt but it leaves you ob- a lot of obligation. And, you know, I always say the first foundational block towards a successful retirement is being debt-free. There you go. All right. Number seven, staying informed by watching and reading financial news or listening to the financial podcast, for example. All right. So certainly good. Financial education is important. It's not a bad idea to be more knowledgeable. But be careful because we know right now that the world is full of just inundation of news and topics and things. And look, it's everywhere all the time and they have to fill time. And sometimes they don't always fill it with things that are actually useful. They just fill it with nonsense or maybe <laughs> stuff that just has a, like a little bit of truth to it. Right. So just be careful not to, to consume so much that it also confuses you. 
Yeah. How many times have you seen either financial information or you're watching your favorite TV show and you see a commercial for, let's call it, you know, and this island vacation. And all of a sudden you were not even thinking about it. But now that it's come across, you know, just reading the news or reading this, seeing this commercial, now you're you're thinking about different ways to spend your money that might have not been <laughs> actually something that was good for you. So yeah, you got to be careful. Um, but overall, staying informed is is a super good idea. Just know that, you know, too much of, of that good thing could also, if you're watching financial news, um, it can also cause you to make some n- negative decisions. You know, this happened years ago. I used this story, but it happened to my dad in the 2007, 2008 big market crash. Um, the beginning of 2009, his old partner, I was working with him in his financial business. And so dad uh, d- didn't want to tell him, but he had called in and liquidated his portfolio just because of watching too much of the news. And I said, dad, what are you doing? I mean, you can't sit out of the market. You, you've got to get back in. Like this is the lowest the market has ever been. And we, since you've been investing here and I said, you've got to get back in and you've got to make sure that those, you can recover this loss in your portfolio. Well, good news is he did get back in um, just a few days later. And um, he was near the bottom of the market when he, when he pulled the trigger and liquidated, but he was able to recoup all of that money back. So it's like, I can't even believe you em- you emotionally did this, but he was just watching too much of, that's exactly it, yep. watching too much of the news. He yep. was trying to stay informed of what was going on worldwide, but he panicked. This is, let, let it be a good lesson to you that you might think that you have enough separation between you and the news or, and your bias, but all of a sudden some kind of fear gets a hold of you or grips your mind and then it's like, oh my gosh, I got to take action. Well, First action should be call me. <laughs> there you go. There um, you go. So, so staying informed is good, but watching too much of that thing, especially if there's a lot of negativity in the news, we all know that there is, that can cause you to make some bad decisions. Yep. So all right. So, yeah, be careful for sure. Uh, global, well, you, you mentioned talking about globally. So number eight, global diversification. Well, so, okay, this spreads out the risk to that point that you were just making and, and can help you capture, you know, some growth from different economies. But you yeah. also need to be careful as well, right? Because it also increases your volatility. Yep, that's true. So the global diversification generally is a good thing. And I noticed that, um, you, you know, if you've got a straight U.S. portfolio, it might be nice and comfy. U.S. you know, U.S. is best, or whatever the little acronym you want to use. But um, global diversification is can be can be also uh, great in your portfolio. That would have helped you from 2000 to 2010 because there was a double bubble during that time period. And if you were not globally diversified and you just had U.S. stocks, you would have averaged a negative 0.95 percent per year for 10 whole years because of the two U.S. big crashes. So. Global diversification is good, but we want to be careful in um, the volatility. So we don't want too much of that global because it is the the international and foreign markets tend to be a little bit riskier Mm -hmm. at some points. And especially if you're investing in small international stocks, those have a high volatility. And so we want to put enough of them in there where we can capture the good returns of that market from time to time that we have. But you got to be careful. We don't too heavily weight them that way, or it could pull our performance down just because if we take too big of a hit, we don't want to do that. Yeah, balance, right? So, I mean, it's like, you know, various different things, lots of markets out there. So, you know, dabbling and spreading out that diversification is good, but not to the point where you expose yourself with too much risk. So, again, it's all 
in that balance. All right, number nine, uh, constantly building the emergency fund. So if you like to stack, you want to keep stacking those dollars together, right, and build up that emergency fund, nothing wrong with that. Great idea. Provide safety, right, that safety net for unforeseen expenses can reduce stress. Some people want to feel uh, they need a certain dollar amount in the savings account to be able to sleep at night, right? But you got to be careful, too, that you don't overfund it. Like, you know, if you got $100,000 in the bank, you know, I know the, the rates are better right now, but the, the Fed just talked about in December cutting rates going into 24. You got $100,000, Matt, sitting in the bank. Do you really have a $100,000 emergency you're thinking is going to happen? You know, so you, you basically <laughs> I, are, you're, you're losing you're losing purchasing power. I haven't run into that person yet that's had that. Now, could it happen? Yeah, I guess if you have a home that's uninsured or something like that. But yeah, um, providing a, a emergency fund is, is a fantastic idea. Everybody should have an emergency fund, but don't let there be too much money building up inside that fund. So if you run a business and you have certain expenses that you have to meet uh, month in and month out, it might be judicious to to pad it even a little bit more than that three to six month time period. But um, just because economic conditions can change rapidly as well. But um, it, for the average person, when you when you got your budget and you know what's coming in every month, um, definitely three months of expenses of what you spend every month setting aside is generally going to be sufficient for any kind of emergency you're gonna you're gonna have. Everything else we should focus on trying to invest so that we get some yield on that. Mm. So if you're sitting on a hundred or two hundred thousand of excess, and we know we've built a plan and we know that we need to be earning, you know, our portfolio needs to average 6%. Um, the more money we let sit in cash, we're not going to, it's not meeting our, our need, you know, for that average. Yeah. And you're not um, getting 5% like you might think you are just because they're advertising that in CDs, your savings account still not doing that. Correct. Yep. So, um, you know, keep doing it consistently build your emergency fund. But once you've met that emergency fund, um, balance that we need, then start to, um, Transfer monthly, if you have excess, transfer monthly into your investment account. And you can just do a, reg a regular brokerage individual account or a joint account with you and your spouse, and we can invest those dollars, get higher yield on those dollars, and that will blend with the amount of cash that you're holding to give you a nice average return. Yeah, and you won't have lazy money, you know, so uh, we've all had, you know, a lazy teenager at some point in time, or maybe we were one uh, sitting on the couch doing nothing. Well, that's what <laughs> that's what the money can do sometimes when you've got it sitting there, right? You want to yeah, make sure. Right. Yep. So, you know, and you bring up such, this is a, to your point, this is such a good point because, you know, I know there's people that, uh, you know, you you love to save up your cash, and um, you know you think about having two hundred thousand dollars sitting to the side, right? And if if you can get um, you know one percent at the bank, you're probably getting less than that on a regular savings account. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's call it a half of a half of one percent. That's five hundred dollars a year. Right. Put it in that five percent. That's five thousand dollars per year in interest. So you got to pay attention. And you got to go. do this, do this well, do it quick and give me a call. There you go. A little, little, uh, little trickery, not trickery, but just really a math, right? It's, it's, yep. it's manipulating the stuff that's out there to your advantage. The stuff that they give us to work with, find a way to work with it and, and use it to the best of your abilities, right? So that's the whole point. Right. Uh, all right. Well, then speaking of giving a call, final one, number 10 here, patience making financial decisions and building a plan. Okay. I mean, I can see some good here. In some cases, delaying decisions can lead to better outcomes. You want to do your homework, right? You want to do your due diligence. Uh, and, and it means you avoid impulsive choices sometimes for many people. However, when patience becomes procrastination, well, now you're just doing nothing. <laughs> 
Yeah. You don't want to, you know, it, it is good to um, make prudent, prudent decisions. Right. And sometimes that prudency comes from having a couple of opinions. You got to mull around uh, this decision and you really got to feel peace, go with the peace in your heart. But once you have that peace, um, let's go forward. I mean, don't let your patience turn into procrastination, as you said, Mark, and um, that can really bring a lot of harm. And what we're talking about is a lot of different things financially, but whether that's paying off that credit card, you know, yeah, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should use my cash, my savings to do that. I, I feel more comfortable having it in my savings. Again, it can hurt you in the long run. And the longer you leave something like that go, you're financially hurting yourself because that's a lot of money and interest that you you might be paying to a creditor or um you know you might be making some some other financial decisions and just um if it turns to procrastination it can cost you a lot that unnecessarily so don't be a procrastinator be patient but um use a third party uh use your advisor to to uh give you that advice and if you're thinking about something if this podcast brings up some thoughts about your situation give me a call Go on my calendar at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com and book an appointment with me, even if it's just a phone call. Yep. Uh, you got to run an idea by me. That's what we're here for. We want to we want to help you with wins, um, even the easy wins. You know, those are the best kind because they give you a little boost of uh, endorphins, and then we can on to the next thing that you need to achieve in your financial situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, good financial habits are great, right? We all want to build towards good financial habits, but don't take them so far that you don't have proper balance and then you cost yourself on the opposite side. So, uh, and procrastination certainly can be good. I mean, we can all do, you mentioned Amazon earlier when we were chatting and it's like, you know, you could easily do, my wife will sit there and scroll through Amazon trying to find something. And then she looks at so many things and she can't make a decision on which one she wants to get. Right. So eventually she does too much homework and then she can't make a decision. And that happens <laughs> a lot in the financial space where people feel like uh, there's so much noise out there and information. I don't know where to start. Well, start by talking with a professional, get onto a calendar. They're usually a complimentary consultation and conversation. So sit down, have a chat and go through it, run some numbers and see what it is that you need to do. Right. And get some information. And there's nothing wrong with interviewing one, two or three, different advisors and finding the right one for you. And again, that's often why they are, offer those complimentary reviews. So if you'd like to talk to Matt, as he said, just reach out to him, book some time with him, go to his website and do that at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. That's greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us here on Mondays with Matt. Matt, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Thanks, Mark. And uh, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. We would love it if you shared this podcast with your friends and family. We just really want to spread the good news of, of uh, what a good financial education can be. Exactly. So there's nothing wrong with getting a little financial literacy, uh, helping others out. So if you know somebody who might benefit from the podcast, let them know. Check out Mondays with Matt on Apple, Google, and Spotify. We'll see you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.